Hello, DMV sports fans, and welcome back to the District Sports Report with DC Donnie. I'm your host, DC Donnie, and I'm excited to bring you episode two of this podcast. Episode one was a special episode because the NBA was just starting, and the NBA is one of my favorite sports. And I think that the coverage is lacking for the Wizards, specifically in the DC area. They're a good team. We make the playoffs just about every year, and we should really embrace this team and appreciate them for who they are. And I think that they could be special this year. But to embrace the format of the show that I want to have going forward, we're going to move in and talk about all of the DC sports franchises, or at least the ones relevant in, in our life. But unlike boxing, we're going to put our main event first. And what else could be the main event this week in Washington, D.C., except for Dallas week? That's right, folks. The Dallas Cowboys are coming to town, and the Washington Redskins are putting their 3-2 and record against the Cowboys' 3-3 three and three record. And if the Skins win, they'll remain first in the NFC East. To me, the Washington Redskins and the Dallas Cowboys have a lot of similarities. They both have very rich owners who have been known to be active in their franchises, but in recent years supposedly have uh, stepped down from their direct influence and kind of put the football guys in charge. Another similarity between these two squads is they both have head coaches that have been there for a little while. I think Jay Gruden's been with the, the Redskins now for this is his fourth or fifth year, and, and Jason Garrett, has, I feel like he's been there for eight or nine years. But they're both mediocre head coaches. Both teams are power-running football teams. They like to run the ball and have game-managing quarterbacks and win with good defense. So they're both set up very similar from the head coach and the scheme to the owner. The Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Redskins are, are very similar, and they've, they both have very mediocre results. Um, thankfully, I've got a good friend of mine from growing up, and he's a big Dallas Cowboys fan, and he's really knowledgeable, and he's not delusional. delusional. And I, I think that we'll have a good conversation about the, the Cowboys, the Redskins, this matchup, and, and what to really ex expect from, from a perspective of both sides, from the Cowboys and the Redskins. This is DC Donnie here, and I'm really excited to introduce you guys to a good friend of mine, Michael B. Jones. I met Mike back in high school, or actually, I think we met before that, really, in CCD in like elementary or middle school at St. Nicholas. Mike, how you doing? Great, Donnie. Great to hear your voice. Yeah, man, it's good to talk to you too. So, uh, a big reason why I wanted to bring you on to the show is because obviously you're you're one of the most diehard Dallas Cowboys fans I know, and uh, not just diehard. You're a very knowledgeable football fan. You know the league. Uh, you have no delusions about your team, and it should make for some good conversation before the game tomorrow. Uh, so what do you think about the game? Well, it's a interesting start to the season. Both teams um, showed some promise, but there's a lot of inconsistency. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, it's very odd this year for me being a Cowboys fan. I'm kind of used to my team being a better road team and not having that home advantage at Jerry World this year, it's been the opposite. It's been 0-3 on the road, looked horrible on the road, like no offense whatsoever on the road. But at home, it's like it's the same, you know, old Cowboys offensive line looks good. Zeke's running the ball good. Dak's making plays. 
So is this the, the game that can kind of break the trend for the Cowboys? Uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. Well, you guys thumped Jacksonville, and I didn't see the majority of the game. I saw some highlights, but I was really surprised to see that. And uh, who's their corner? Is it Jalen Ramsey? Uh, you Jalen Ramsey, yeah. You didn't hear him running his mouth after that game because they got thumped. And uh, I, I didn't think that the Cowboys had it in them. Um, at the beginning of the season, I picked Dallas to go 8-8. Eight and eight. I picked the Skins to go 9-7 and seven and the Eagles to go 10-6. and six. Um, I didn't think the Giants were going to be as bad as they are right now. I think I had them going six and ten or seven and nine, but uh, this is pretty much what I was expecting. Uh, the Redskins are three and two. I think I had them two and three when I looked at the the schedule at the beginning of the season. Uh, I did have them beating Dallas, but something I looked into: uh, Jay Gruden is two and four against Dallas, and he's never beaten them in Washington. And that's where the game is tomorrow. So. I, uh, if you can't beat Dallas, you can't coach in Washington. So, I mean, do you think there's a possibility Jay Gruden could get fired if he loses this game tomorrow? Well, I, it's hard to say if he loses this game because if he loses this game, but Washington's still in contention for the division, you know, if Philly doesn't take off, if Dallas kind of is up and down all year, you know, it, it, it's still – you know, it's a th- it's I still believe it's going to be a three team race, you know, at least in into November. So I, I, I would hate to pin it all on one game. Plus, we know there's a, a, a game of redemption on Thanksgiving as well on, on national television. So I, I'm not going to say he gets fired. Ironically, if you his first game ever against the Cowboys, they won. Remember, I think Dallas was had won six in a row. I believe they were six and one. It was Monday Night Football, and they had Colt McCoy starting as quarterback, and they ended up winning in Jerry World. But since then, uh, no success. His only other win was at Jerry World, kind of a meaningless game with Kellen Moore starting as a Cowboys quarterback. Now he's the Cowboys quarterback coach he's not even in the league anymore so uh as a player so i i think it's that's uh too deep of a take to say he'd he'd be fired if they lose this one game but i think the you know it doesn't help his cause if he loses it snyder kind of being being a lifelong redskin fan he lives to win these games and they have not had a lot of success in them right yeah it's i mean as a redskins fan it's important to beat dallas and uh, what it looks like this year is if you make the playoffs, that's going to have to go through beating Dallas because uh, the, these two games, the, the Redskins and Dallas, it could be the, the difference of one of these teams winning the division or getting a wild card. I'm not huge on Philly. Um, I picked them at the beginning of the year to win the division, but the way it's looking right now, I think Dallas or Washington is more likely. Uh, the big question with me is – how long is it going to take Alex Smith to learn this offense well enough to where he's making plays and helping us win games? Cause I, I know he's not a world beater and he's not going to go out there and, and be a gunslinger like Brett Favre, but he, he hasn't played very well so far and we're, we're going to need more from him. Uh, and then Thompson and Reed, man, there, there are playmakers, but they can't seem to stay on the field and when you can't predict whether these guys are going to be on the field or not, it's kind of hard to scheme up for the game. So to me, I think that 
Gruden's definitely on the hot seat. I, I wouldn't fire him if he loses tomorrow, but I feel like he has to at least win a playoff game this year to save his job. Because uh, if, if we don't make the playoffs or we get bounced in the first round, either way, Alex Smith is going to be 37 next year, I believe. He, he's getting older. We need to draft a quarterback. And do you really want uh, Jay Gruden being that guy to pick your next quarterback if he's not in the future of the franchise? Yeah, and it's really kind of a – I don't necessarily like the comparison with um, – the Cowboys front office and the Redskins front office. There's, yeah, there's two polarizing owners um, that kind of get in their own way. And I know that comparisons made a lot, but I will say one thing you kind of wonder um, who, when you look at both front offices, who is really in charge. So is Jay Gruden going to be picking that quarterback? Is it going to be Bruce Allen? Is it going to be a Dan Snyder like he did with RG three? And then you you look over at the Cowboys. You, you remember uh, Jerry Jones a few years back had Johnny Manziel's card ready to turn in, and Steven said, "Hold on, we're taking Zach Martin." So you kind of do wonder. Uh, you, you know, you used to know ten years ago who was making the decisions, and you look at these teams now, and you you kind of wonder. There's it seems to be a little bit of a internal struggle there. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. It, it is hard to tell. Uh, I listen to a lot of the local D.C. guys who, who talk about the Redskins. And from what I hear, I, uh, there was a guy, I think his name was Scott Campbell, that was big in the organization and player personnel. And he just his name wasn't thrown around nationally very much. But supposedly, Bruce is pretty much just a cap guy. And he's there to negotiate salaries and he's not really one, the one evaluating talent or making a final decision. Uh, as far as Jay's concerned, I don't think he's making any final decisions either, but I think they take what he says into consideration a great deal when they, for instance, he, he, he wanted nothing to do with Cousins. Jay, that wasn't his guy, um, so they didn't make a strong effort to keep Cousins, which I, I think was actually the right move. But I know that Jay, Jay loves Alex Smith, and he, he's talked over and over of how much he likes him. So, like, you're, you're married to this guy, and you're going to have to make it work in the next one or two years. So that Scott Campbell guy, I guess he's the, the Will McClay of the Washington Redskins, I guess it sounds like. So. Well, he's not even there anymore. Supposedly they had some up-and-comer oh, guy, okay. another nobody, and I, I should have prepared better. I'm not even sure what his name is. I'll have to find that and drop it on the pod. But, uh, yeah, for, to the casual fan with the Redskins, uh, people think that Bruce Allen is in charge. And, of course, Daniel Snyder, you know, you never know when he's, he's making calls. I, I heard that Shanahan didn't want to take Robert Griffin III, and that was all Snyder. So Yeah, he liked Tannehill from what I heard, but I guess that's uh, neither here or there now. <laughs> no. <laughs> that, was a, that was a really destructive trade, man. And what I will say about whoever's running the Redskins – I think they're doing a much better job uh, the past like three or four years. Cause let's not forget about McLuhan either. Scott McLuhan, who was there. Um, and he had that whole incident of getting drunk and saying things on Twitter or his wife saying things on Twitter and they just ran him out of town. Yeah. That was a, a very odd exit there. <laughs> it yeah. was man, yeah. but I was, I'm glad he's gone. 
Yeah, you, you do see both teams. There is a lot of talent on both these rosters. There, you, when you look at the rosters, there are players, you know, they don't have the great coach or the great quarterback, but there's a lot of players that you need to look up and down these rosters to fall in love with. And you do have to give both organizations credit. They're not doing what they used to do and right. spending the money to make the big free agent splashes. They're, uh, right, you know, right. trying to build more through the draft and hitting totally. on some of the, some of these draft picks. Um, but then again, they, they're missing two important elements from, you know, being a serious contender, a, you know, big game coach and a top tier quarterback. And it helps if you have one, it really helps if you have both. And right now, I'm, I don't think either team has that. I don't either, but I think both Dak Prescott and Alex Smith are good enough to win a Super Bowl with good defenses and another playmaker on board. And you guys have Ezekiel Elliott to run your offense through, and you do have a solid defense, and we also have a solid defense. And, uh, I mean, I, we don't really have a Ezekiel Elliott. We kind of have a combination of Adrian Peterson for how long he lasts, um, Chris Thompson, and Jordan Reed. And that's kind of our expectation. Yeah, uh, Zeke, you know, he, he makes that – that offense run, but going back to the Jacksonville game last week, when I was watching the game, it remind it reminded me of a three game stretch that Dallas had last year uh, before uh, Zeke finally had to take his suspension. During that three game stretch, they won three games in a row. And they were running full step ahead, and they were just forcing their will um, on the team. You know, Dallas isn't really can't really have that offense like a like a Kansas City, even like Matt Nagy's doing in Chicago uh, or Sean McVay in Los Angeles. They're not they're not built that way. But what they can do is is just force their will play a power offense when they pl- that when they do that Dak is at his best and they just beat these teams up when I was at the game in in uh Washington last year they just beat them up Kansas City came in the next week they beat them up and then they went to uh, to Atlanta and uh no Zeke and all hell broke loose that was the infamous Chad Chaz Green game where Dak got sacked, I believe, like eight times, six by one guy. The coach never made an adjustment, and it's like Dak's had PTSD since and hadn't been, quite been the same. Let's each give a few keys to victory for our teams, uh, what can't happen, and uh, a prediction. You okay, well, okay, what can't happen? You, to, in order to win this game, you cannot lose uh the turnover battle i think that's turning the ball over will doom you in this game i think it's going to be a defensive battle uh the skins are uh without i see they're going to be without jameson crowder um so they're not really great at the receiver position to begin with they have a couple guys that are nicked up i think richardson uh peterson's nicked up they'll probably play 
Um, Dallas is without Tavon Austin, which he doesn't catch a ton of balls, but it's still a huge loss because you have to account for him on the field. And that miss, you know, those misdirection plays open some things up for Zeke. So I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game. I'm, I'm going to say under, I don't know what the over under is, but I'm going to say it's going to be under 45 points. Um, so I, I think, uh, I think the turnover battle, you know, whoever uh, wins that is likely going to win the game. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go Dallas uh, 23 to 20. All right. Yeah, I agree with you. Turnover battle is going to be a big part of the game. The Redskins have been very good with that this year. Uh, I think the key to the victory for the Redskins is stopping the run. And I do think that they will keep Elliott in check. Uh, look for Doxson, Josh Doxson, the disappointing receiver from the Redskins to have a touchdown and a 27 to 24 victory on a last minute field goal by Dustin Hopkins. Um, so, yeah, I've got the, the Redskins winning the game. And like you said, I think turnovers is going to be a key and and also stopping that run. And, and for you guys, uh, you guys are going to have to keep it in order to win the game. You'd have to keep Alex Smith out of rhythm, which he hasn't seemed to make. And you're going to have to have an answer for those Alabama boys up front. Yeah, I'm actually interested to watch that battle. Um, we've been without Travis Frederick all year, but uh, Joe Looney's filled in nicely. And uh, Zach Martin, uh, I think, is the best guard in football. Um, if he's not, you can at least definitely make the argument for him. And uh, the rookie, Connor Williams, does struggle in pass protection a little bit, but uh, has done very well um, with his run blocking. So I think it's going to be a fun battle to watch with uh, those interior linemen on both sides going at it. Something else to, to think about from the Redskins' perspective is this is Alex Smith's first game against Dallas. And uh, all Dallas and Redskins fans know that this is the best rivalry in football. It's heated. It's a big deal. And uh, let's see if he can get off to the right foot by beating the rivals because uh, our past few uh, quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks, haven't been able to do that. Yeah, it's um, it's been interesting because Dow, you know, both teams have been, you know, very me- mediocre this millennium, yet Dallas has always kind of seemed to keep the upper hand against Washington. I was looking back and uh, since uh, – I believe like 1989, the Redskins have only swept the Cowboys, I believe, three times. And right, that's just, right. uh, that's just uh, you know, mind boggling when you, you know, we're talking 30 years. And when we were um, growing up, uh, when we were growing up with that rivalry in elementary school and middle school, you guys ripped off like 10 straight wins over the course of five years, just yeah, dumping us the, every year. Dave Campo, uh, you know, who was five and eleven in his three seasons, uh, in each of his three seasons in Dallas, was had a five and one record against Washington. I mean, those teams, <laughs> you know, and that's oh, you know, kind of, that's kind of what not to you know bring pain on you, but that's kind of what made the rivalry f- fun. You know, that the last year we won the Super Bowl, I mean, Dallas got swept. By Washington, they lost, you know, games quarterback by Gus Farratt and Heath Schuler. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. And, and so that's kind of what makes a rivalry fun. It's lost, it's lost some of its luster um, because the teams haven't been as good. Um, when uh, fans in Dallas actually view Philadelphia more as a rival because their fans go down there and, and start a ruckus. Um, but, you know, for me, you know, growing up in Virginia and, and having to be a Cowboys fan and being around Redskins fans, you know, Redskins have always been the rival. And, you know, older Cowboy fans remember those days before we were born with uh, George Allen and Tom Landry, and that's in the 70s, and that's actually when the rivalry was at its best. Yeah, yeah, I think it's heating up again, though. I mean, I I would agree that in the past, like, 15 years, it hasn't been what it was before, uh, especially, like, our parents' generation. But I was brought up to hate the Cowboys, to, to despise them. And uh, they're definitely my most hated team. I will say this, that I enjoy their fans a lot more than Philadelphia and New York. So I definitely, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to a Dallas fan over one of those other fans any day of the week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we do have an obnoxious fan base, but, uh, you know, most of them aren't going <laughs> to take it too far. You go up uh, a, a little uh, further north where it's, uh, where it's much colder, you know, their fans can, can be a little rougher, a little, little more bitter, so... Yeah, at a, at a Redskins Cowboys game, you're going to barbecue together and talk shit. At, uh, at at a game with the Philadelphia Eagles, you might get a, a battery thrown at your head. I mean, they threw batteries at Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, you better duck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, I think that wraps it up. So you got the Cowboys in a close game. I got the Redskins in a close game. Uh, let's touch yeah. on the NBA before we get off, real quick. What do you think about the NBA this year? Can anybody take down the Warriors? Well, I think they're coming out of the West. Uh, I, you know, I'm intrigued to see how this LeBron experiment in, in LA works out. But I, you know, I don't, I don't think they can take down the Warriors. I don't think Houston can. I think the Warriors come out of the West. I, I, I would be interested to see a Warriors Celtics finals and see, you know, a Brad Stevens coach team with all that depth. Could they hang? Could they? Um, you know, steal a game or two, and and maybe dethrone the champs. But I, you know, the Warriors, so far, they're definitely the clear-cut favorite. Yeah, it's hard to see the Warriors losing if they don't get a major injury or a couple major injuries. But I, I will tell you that I like uh, the the Jazz a lot, the Utah Jazz in the West. They've got a really good complete team that's anchored by one of the best defensive centers in the league with Rudy Gobert. And uh, depending on how much better Donovan Mitchell gets, that team could be special. Um, they're, they're on the rise, so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, the Lakers, they're, they're a couple years away. So uh, they're going to add a couple pieces in free agency next year. They might even add something for a trade this year. But to, to me, the East is wide open. Most people think it's all Boston. Um, of course, you got Philadelphia and the Raptors in there. But I like my Washington Wizards' chances uh, we've got the recipe to win in the playoffs with two large guards who can play defense and hit threes. And uh, we added a Hall of Fame center in the offseason, Dwight Howard. So if Dwight Howard can get healthy and stay healthy and they can keep that locker room in check, I think you got to look out for these Wizards. They're, they're, they're kind of built like the old bad boy Pistons. You remember with uh, Dumars and, and Isaiah Thomas 
and they were real yeah, tough but, and used to beat people up. Oh, yeah. I think that the, uh, Wizards, well, the Wizards could be that team. Oh, that was a fun era of basketball, but does that basketball win in today's era? You know, we, I, I, I talk with a guy at work all the time, and he's a, he's a big Knicks fan, and we talk about the old days of, you know, teams like, you know, obviously the, Pist, the bad boy Pistons were kind of that team always everyone thinks of, but if you think of the teams after, you know, the, those Knicks teams, obviously the Bulls, the Pacers, uh, the Heat with Alonzo Mourning, those were very physical uh, basketball teams. Um, but, you know, in today's era, it's, you know, small ball. You don't necessarily have to play great defense. So uh, I'm, we'll see. I mean, Beal's draining the threes. Uh, I do worry about the Dwight Howard experiment there because, you know, he seems to kind of – be a little bit of a, uh, for lack of a better word, locker room cancer, but it, it, it might work out. You know, he may have found his home. Hopefully, we'll see. I think part of Dwight Howard's problem is he always had everybody tell him he's the greatest, the greatest thing ever, you know, ever since he came up and he, he was drafted out of high school. And uh, he just, ever since he left Orlando and he, it was his fault. He messed things up with his coach and got his coach fired and all that mess. Uh, but what, what it all comes down to with him and me, to, to me, is he was immature. And uh, I think that he's 31 years old now and hopefully he's matured a bit and uh, realizes that he needs to salvage his career. Um, so I'm hoping that everything will fall into place. And that could be a really scary team because you figure replacing Marcin Gortat and Mike Scott with Jeff Green, Dwight Howard, and Austin Rivers, that's a that's a pretty good trade uh, return. Absolutely, that, that, was, that was our offseason moves. So uh, I expect the Wizards to be good, man. Uh, I mean, it, totally. Boston's a great team, but uh, I, I think that's a toss up, and uh, we'll see what happens in the playoffs because that's when the teams really start playing with defense and and really hunker down. Absolutely, I mean, with the the. I really like Boston, but with the East, there's, you know, I, I, it is very wide open. You don't have a murderer's row uh, like you do in the other conference. So, it, it, you know, there can be, you know, a team that does catch lightning in a bottle and can surprise the rest of the league. Yeah, we'll see. Well, I'll tell you what, Mike, we're going to go ahead and sign off now, but I appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, hopefully we can get you on the show uh, in the future. And we'll talk about the results of this Dallas-Washington game because uh, th- this game could really uh, have some major playoff implications. It'll be fun to watch. Absolutely. Thanks, Donnie. Enjoy the game. So that was a recording before the game between myself and Michael V. Jones. We'll definitely have Michael V. Jones on the show again to talk about the Redskins, the Cowboys, and the NFL, and definitely the M- The NBA. Of course, we all know what happened in the game, and Mike and I were pretty on point. It uh, wasn't a high-scoring game. It came down to three points, and fortunately for us in D.C., the Redskins came out victorious. We were really excited about the Redskins' victory against the Cowboys on Sunday. It was the first time we had experienced a victory in D.C. in quite some time against the Cowboys. Jay Gruden improving to three and six. And Alex Smith starts 1-0 against the hated foe of the Washington Redskins. 
Here's a conversation with a member of my family, Kevin Brogan. Kevin's a huge Redskins fan. He's been watching the Redskins for years. And uh, here's that. Passionate Redskins fan has been for a long time. Kevin, you got to be excited about the game yesterday. Very excited. It was a great win for uh, for the Redskins, and and uh, uh, although I got, to, I have some serious concerns about the quarterback play. Yeah, the quarterback play has been a bit shaky. Uh, I'm going to cut him a little slack because he's learning a new offense, and we already knew Alex Smith wasn't going to go out and throw 30 touchdowns in a season, or at least that wasn't expected from my point of view, but. The, the good news is we're winning games and he's not turning the ball over and he's given Adrian Peterson, the defense, the ability to step up and win games. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And we haven't had a running back like Adrian Peterson uh, in quite a while. However, yeah, I'd say since Clinton Fortis, probably for the running back. Yeah, but you still, you got to be able to hit a wide open receiver in the end zone. And uh, he he had Sprinkle, I think it was Jeremy Sprinkle, wide open and, you know, led him by five yards or or I don't know how many yards it was, but it was just terrible. And you got to be able to hit that. And we wouldn't, you know, it never would have been, it never would have come down to uh, Dallas trying to kick a field goal. You know, we would have had the game in hand. But I think the defense is going to keep us in a lot of games. If those guys stay healthy, uh, man, that defensive line is is a real deal. Yeah, it's it's a world of difference from last year because we only got to see Jonathan Allen for, I think, five games. And I'm not sure how much difference he would have been able to make in his rookie year. But when you put both of those guys who played together in Alabama who are yeah. top-notch players, I mean, it changes the game. And we finally were able to see some pass rush. Kerrigan got in there and got a couple sacks and the forced fumble. Yeah. Uh, Preston Smith recovered it in the end zone. And that's old if that doesn't Redskins. happen, we don't win the game. Yeah, that is uh, that is old-time Redskins football. That's, you know, and that's just – that's how you win games. Those guys were making things happen. And, I mean, did you see Kerrigan got, got – I, I thought he was like dropping back in coverage, and then he just he just made a beeline right right for uh, uh, Prescott. If you go back and look at the play where he yeah, I did actually. I watched it like three times. I kept on rewinding it, and I couldn't. It took me three times to rewind it to figure out where Kerrigan came from. Yeah. Um, it, it was weird. It it was almost like he he acted like he was going to drop back into coverage to make them think yeah. that. And then he stunted to the middle and came right up the middle, and there was nobody to pick him up. Yeah, it was beautiful. And uh, um, but you know, getting back to the quarterback, and I like Alex Smith, and I was I was fine with him taking over for Cousins, but there seems to be a disconnect between Smith and Gruden, or Smith and the receivers, or all three. I'm not sure what it is. Because there was another play where Smith threw it into the end zone, but nobody was there. You know, none. I, they were all at the goal line or, you know, two-yard line, and he threw it towards the back of the end zone. And I don't think he was trying to get rid of it. He was expecting somebody to break in, you know, 
breaking the route in there or something, you know? Well, it was similar to interception earlier in the season. I'm trying to remember. I think it was the second game of the season against the Colts where uh, I think Jordan Reed didn't break the way that he wanted him to. Or it might have been one of the receivers and Alex Smith threw an interception. And yeah. uh, it came out that it, uh, the coaches said that it wasn't Smith's fault and the receiver broke off his route too early. Um, yeah. So that, that can be part of it. I think it's Gruden. Because if you remember, uh, even with Cousins, uh, when we got into the red zone, we wouldn't score touchdowns. Yeah, and no. We, we had to kick a lot of field goals. I know it. But you know what? With all that being said, it was still – I think it was still a pretty impressive win for the Redskins and a, and a big win. They finally, Definitely it was a must win. Yeah, uh, two good wins, you know, two good games back-to-back. And Philadelphia lost. It all just – played out perfectly yesterday, you know, and, you know, if they can go into New York next week and not have a a letdown and they shouldn't because that's, you know, they're just in disarray up there. Uh, If, if the defense can just get after Eli and they should be able to, because, you know, I don't know, what's Eli 38, yeah, yeah. He's, he hasn't been good for several years. I think uh, mm-hmm. the Redskins' game plan going into against most of these teams is going to be to stop the run because that's what they do well. And yeah. the Giants are another team that Saquon Barkley is probably the best player on their team besides Odell Beckham Jr. So yeah. if it's me, I'm going to double Odell Beckham Jr. most of the game, and I'm going to force them to, to pass to other guys. I'm going to stop the run and stop Odell. That's got to be the keys to victory. And you have to win this game, too. You can't. You can't do yeah. the typical Redskin move and come into a game, especially against a division foe that's bad, and not come out with the victory. You have to win, and I think we need to come out and thump them and just really send a message to yeah, the rest they, of the league. They need to hang some points next week, and you know they shut down Ezekiel Elliott, and they've never been able to shut him down the last year no. or two. I don't know what's he in his third year. Second yeah, and he, yeah, he's in his third year, and he's killed us. He's always killed us. And yeah. just really the Cowboys running backs in general, from yeah, Dorsett to Emmett Smith. Yeah. Uh, DeMarco Murray was good there for a while. Now they got Ezekiel Elliott. They always seem to have a, a good offensive line and a good running back. And that's really like you mentioned earlier. This is old school NFC East football. You got a yeah. big defensive line that makes plays, and you run the ball down your opponent's throat. Yeah, and uh, I think you're right. If they can uh, – and, you know, Eli's not as elusive as he used to be. No. He's just not. If they get after him, uh, that is going to frustrate the hell out of Beckham because he's not going to get the ball – or Eli's not going to be able to get the ball to him with any accuracy, and he'll start getting pissed off, and he'll start headbutting the fan or whatever – you know, beating up the, the kicking net, you know, he'll have sort of a meltdown and then they can just focus on shutting down uh, Barkley, who is really good. I mean, that guy is really good. Yeah, he is good. He, he kind of reminds me of a, a Marshall Falk a little bit, but bigger. He can yeah. catch the ball really well. He can bounce outside. He's quick. Yeah. He's big enough to where he can run through the tackles. So, yeah, we, we need to shut that guy down, and I think we can. I mean, they haven't, the, the Skins haven't given me any reason to believe that they can't shut down any running attack in the NFL. They I shut down they, Carolina, and they shut yeah. down Dallas. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, they absolutely did. And, uh, you know, they got to, they were able to get to Dak Prescott, who's, you know, a week before last, he rushed for 83 yards, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely a dual threat quarterback. I don't know what he picked up against us, but, uh, you know, he, he picked up some yards, I think. Um, so let me ask you this. Did you see that the Cowboys traded a first-round pick today for Amari Cooper to the Raiders? Yep. I couldn't believe it. I, I was talking to my buddy Mike, uh, who's a big Cowboys fan. I, I had recorded a show with him, and unfortunately we had some technical difficulties, and I couldn't get the recording to come up. But uh, we had mentioned it earlier in our call about Amari Cooper, and he wanted no part of the guy. And he said that he thought it would be crazy to trade a first-round pick for that guy, and I agreed. And they did it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know much about him, but you know the they were talking uh, yesterday or Friday on the radio that Redskins were interested in him because you know I guess the Redskins don't really have a number one receiver right now. No, no, definitely not. You know, I mean, our, our number one receiver is probably Paul Richardson, and he's really a number two. Yeah, and who's the guy from Carolina? Uh, not Carolina. From the Arizona Cardinals wants to be traded. Patrick Peterson. I was about to bring that up. That was, that's what I was leading into. So Patrick Peterson wants to be traded from Arizona, yeah. uh, from what I hear. Yeah. And I think he's the best corner in the league. He's a playmaker. Um, so I mean, this would be wild. I, I just I don't think you can make a big shakeup move like this when you're four and two. But uh, Norman wasn't playing very well last year or at the beginning of the season. So. If you could trade Norman for Peterson, maybe you have to throw something else in there, like a third-round pick or something. Yeah, yeah. I uh, and I, I'm, I'm not. Uh, who's number thirty-one for the Redskins or thirty? He got burned. Fabian Monroe. Yeah, well, he's young. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think Fabian Monroe's been pretty good most for the most part yeah. of the season. But it, I think what you're thinking about the guy that got burnt on their touchdown. That yeah. was uh that was Greg Sturman and he's a rookie. Yeah. And, uh, he's going to be shaky. I, I, I mean, he made a mistake. He made a rookie mistake. He's a rookie, but yeah. uh, he's had some pretty good punt returns for us. Yeah. And we've had a lot of problems with guys fumbling. So as long as he can keep catching those punts and and learning, I think we're in good shape. Yeah. But yeah. With a guy like Peterson out there, I mean, that doesn't happen too often. And I looked at his contract. He's very reasonable. He makes eleven million next year and eleven million the year after that. But he's also been paid all his guaranteed money, so you can pretty much cut him for nothing if it doesn't work out. Yeah, you know what else I like, Ryan? I think uh, I think Josh Norman is coming around. So if that's I, the case, then you don't trade him, then, right? Yeah, I think he got a message uh, at halftime of that New Orleans game. You know him and you know Gruden apparently got up in his face, and and yeah, pulled, yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Earphones out or, or knocked his earphones out or something. You know because here's the thing, I, Gruden doesn't strike me as somebody. He, he doesn't he doesn't strike me as somebody that's going that can fire these guys up. He just expects them to be take care of that themselves. You know you right. You know, head football coach, you know, you got to find a way to light a fire under their ass at halftime or whatever, you know, and maybe he did that. Too. I mean, yeah, you got to, 
I mean, you got to get their attention somehow, somehow. And I think, I think he did because we came out and we beat Carolina and, you know, and Cam Newton's another one, you know, that guy's a beast, but they were able to get to him. And, but did you notice Carolina did the same thing yesterday that they did against us? It took them, you know, three full quarters time to get going. Yeah. Three full quarters to get going. And if they had had a little more time, you know, they, they, if they'd have got it going sooner against us, they probably would have, would have beat us. But, you know, the Redskins, I think, need to keep on working on their second-half adjustments. they got to be able to put points up in the second half. And I like the fact we came out at halftime, we got the ball, and we went down. I think we only got a field goal, right, to open the second half? I'm trying to think back. I, I thought we opened it with a touchdown. Okay, maybe we Touchdown. Wait, no, we yeah. didn't open it with a touchdown because we haven't scored an offensive touchdown this year. The only touchdown we've scored in the second half is the defensive touchdown from this week. Okay, so they went down. They drove down. That's when he missed Jeremy Sprinkle running across the end zone to the right, oh, okay. and he let him too much when nobody was around him. Right. Um, and they, they kicked a field goal. You know, you got to put seven on the board right there. To take the sec to take the uh, second half kickoff and 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 drive down the field, you got to hang seven. You know what I mean? Yeah, that separates a Super Bowl contender from a team that gets bounced in the first round of the playoffs. And right now, yeah, and what else does? You know what else separates a Super Bowl contender? That defensive play where we where Kerrigan forced a fumble and we scored. Yeah. You got to make. You know that was big time. Uh, that was a big time defensive play, and they got to build on that and keep, you know, keep that uh, kind of intensity going. Definitely. And hopefully, Kerrigan is um, kind of found his groove. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hope so because he started the season real slow. I've, I've pointed that out to a few people that he hasn't been doing much, and he gets paid a lot of money, so he needs to start turning it up. And he did this week, so hopefully, they carry that momentum. So let's talk. Uh, before we get off the line, let's talk predictions for the Giants game this weekend. What do you think is going to happen? Man, I think the Redskins should – I think – I'd like to see the Redskins shut them out. You oh, know, I, I, I'd like to see it be like 24 nothing or 31 to nothing. I want to see the – I want to see Alex Smith take some chances downfield. You yeah, know? yeah. He's got to – he's got to uh, – He's got to air that thing out sometimes. You know, when he missed that throw in the end zone, the next drive he came back, man, and he was rifling that thing. I mean, he rifled it, and I don't know who the receiver was. It was Jordan or somebody caught a 15, 20-yard bullet. You know, he threw it right into – the guy was all over him. It was a beautiful throw. You know, he's got to get that timing down. He had – he had Doxson open one time, and he just overthrew him, you know. Doxson is quietly stepping up a bit, making some catches. He's a big target. He can leap in the air. Uh, Alex yeah, he, has been going to him more. Uh, so that's one of my predictions is I think that he's finally going to have a breakout game, and uh, Doxson's going to go for 100 yards and a touchdown against the Giants. I hope, so. I, I hope you're right because, you know what, Doxson's kind of like, eh, I'm here, but, you know. 
I'd be just as happy if I were somewhere else, you know? I mean, he's just kind of got that. He just seems to have this attitude about him where he doesn't, he doesn't really care. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure I'm wrong on that. I mean, the guy's a professional athlete and I think he's, I think he's obviously got tremendous potential. Um, you know, and they tried to let him go up and grab a few balls yesterday. And I felt like that one, he was being held on. He oh yeah. yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So yeah, I think he's going to come through though. He'll have a big game and we're going to keep on running Peterson. Peterson's going to get close to a hundred yards. Uh, I think the Redskins are going to win 23 to 13. So that was the crew recording with Kevin Brogan. Unfortunately got cut off early, still learning our technology a bit on the podcast, but we'll be excited to bring interviews with other fans and hopefully you can get some new fans through Facebook and through iTunes because we're on iTunes now and we'd love to interact with you on social media and even possibly have guests on the show. It's a lot of fun. So wrapping up the show, the state of the district is good. The Washington Redskins get a victory. They're first in the NFC, four and two. Closest to them is the Eagles and the Cowboys who are both a game and a half behind. The Washington Wizards have gotten off to a tough start. They're 0-2 at the recording of this conversation with Portland tonight. Hopefully the Wizards can get back on a roll. Uh, Dwight Howard has yet to make an appearance, and he didn't, he didn't go on this road trip with the team out on the West Coast, so hopefully this isn't things that we see to come. The Washington Capitals are 4-2-2 two two with 10 points, and that's good for second in the Metropolitan Division. They're tied with the Penguins, though. The Penguins have played one less game, and Carolina leads the division with five wins, three losses, and an overtime loss with 11 points. So that division is wide open early in the season. Alex Ovechkin is leading the Capitals with eight goals, and that's good for second in the league. Last but certainly not least, I need to touch on the D.C. United, Washington, D.C.'s Major League Soccer team. Since Wayne Rooney came to the United late in the season. They weren't expected to make the playoffs. And since then, Rooney has scored 13 goals. Excuse me, that's 12 goals in 19 games. Well, that's still amazing. And DC United are going to be in the playoffs. So although they're not one of the major four sports, they're still a DC sport. And we're going to cover them here on the District Sports Report. So thank you for tuning in. And please tune in next time when we'll be discussing the Wizards and the Capitals in more of length. And we'll talk a little bit about DC United's run in the playoffs and what to expect from that. But thank you for tuning in on this special Redskins victory. And we'll see you next time on the District Sports Report with DC Donnie.